Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. Yeah, really shouldn't be drinking. Oh, really? You learned that in med school that you obviously didn't get into? A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. He's a very gifted singer. I'm really, really good. How good? I've been called the songbird of my generation. Stop. By people who've heard me. That good. On 1080 The Fan. Beautiful Sunday morning here on the banks of the poop-filled Willamette. Mike, Rashad, and Jesse with you until 11 a.m. doing sports a Sunday. And uh, I'm a little bit, little bit unsure of uh, everything that's been happening in the last few days, but I did a little bit of a crash course before we sat down for the show i've been away for the last couple of days and i'm uh, i'm ready and raring to go today nba free agency starts uh 3 p.m right 3 p.m there's actually a show here on the fan uh with uh, brandon sprague and jason quick that is happening at 3 p.m okay i did not know that was happening and then i saw it on social media so there you go i'm gonna bring uh, sprague some, i'm gonna bring sprague some carbs because because he's he's starting to get so skinny well he's just trying to be fit right yeah, he's trying to be he's and he's, he's awesome yeah he's fit but you know, Sprague is now shaped like a Kenyan runner. You know, he's just... You is know, that a bad thing? No, not at all. Well, then you know, why are you trying a, to give him carbs? Because I'm, it makes me uncomfortable the, how skinny Sprague is. When I met him, he wasn't that small. Now he's super small. It makes me feel bad about my own life. Oh, so I So he see. needs to catch back up to where all of us, Sans Jesse, is. So you're saying anybody who is thinner than you needs carbs to yes, catch back up. absolutely. You. So you're upset I've just lost eight pounds in the last month. You're a jerk, man. You didn't have to say, you know... Any of that, man. But then again, Jesse. again, you play pole water like you polo. Didn't need to lose eight pounds? No, uh, yeah, like you're probably the the last one of the group that needed to lose. But you know, bravo, any pounds. either way. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, me and the better half are are trying to live a healthier lifestyle, and the little bit of a rubber tummy, you know, belly, uh, starting to melt away. So I've actually started working out way more this, you know, these past couple tummy. couple weeks mean? and everything. So I gotta I gotta Spare get tire, myself back like in that? shape. You stopped working out, or I've, you no? I've actually you know, began working out like just a couple weeks ago, just Good. trying to get myself back into shape. Like it's you know, it's hard being fat. I don't like it. It's the worst. <laughs> You're also not fat, so man. No, I would consider nobody on this show fat. No, yeah. See, the thing is, I used to be shaped kind of like Jesse, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part. And as time progressed, and you know, stresses happened, and less and less time to do stuff, like I end up getting fat somewhere in the. In the in the mix, and, again, and, and, fat strong word. Maybe well, you gained more weight than you wanted. No, bro, not it's fat. fat. When you take when you take your shirt off and you look at your stomach, like, whew, 
what happened there? Yeah, that's you know that's not over with. That's, I've been that's, looking at that for many years. That. Or yeah, not, see, it's not. I, then you know I, I what like I'm to feeling. Say that I'm large, not fat. Then you know what I'm <laughs> feeling. So so yeah, I got to get myself back in shape. I want to hoop, and that's one of those things I haven't been able to hoop in quite a while, just comfortably. You know, it's always something when you're, you're gonna big, get like, in shape, and then like your first game out there, you're gonna sprain your ACL or see, something. See, that's a rude thing to say as a knock on wood, man. That I would, I've done that uh, once before actually, and it was pretty pretty painful. I'm always worried about the Achilles myself. I a little a little tight down in the ankles anytime I start doing some stuff I thought I could do back, you know, ten I years know. ago. I, I'm reaching that point now. I, I have a little foam roller at home that before I do anything active, I like to roll out like my calves and my quads and my hamstrings just to make sure everything's all loose and limber and ready to go. Stretching is important. I didn't used to stretch very often. Now I stretch more. So, you know, just you want to stay healthy. But I, I always have that in the back of my head if I was going to play basketball. Like, oh, God, what muscle's going to pull right Man, now? Man, yeah, so that's why I'm strictly uh, low post game. Uh, and if I do get the ball outside of the post, it's all Carmelo. Jab steps and jump shots. That's yeah. all it is. My, my game doesn't translate well to the 30s. I very much uh, I run the court, and uh, I, I like to – Get physical down in the paint with the layups. I could see that. I could see Jesse with the head. Jesse with the headband on. The elbows come out. The Stockton shorts. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I mean, I can't shoot, but I'm just trying to play here. But not like not like a not like a regular headband, like a bandana. You know, like one of those, yeah, one of those tied up in the back. I think I totally see Jesse out there doing. Well, it. Back but in the, the day, that's actually open a little bit, so it covers yes. your long hair. No, yeah, yeah, yeah it's got to be definitely has to be a little open, otherwise it doesn't breathe, but. Yeah, no, definitely use the little sweatband and everything. I, the the only way I'm really helpful out there, I can't shoot. So, uh, but I know I have a little bit more effort than most people in pickup. Mm. So have you ever seen the cable guy? Helpful. Yeah, that's me. Jim Carrey and the cable guy. That's <laughs> exactly who he is. Jump off somebody's back and just Absolutely. jam it. Yeah. Are you insinuating that he's also a psychotic person who needs friends really desperately I by did. being a cable man? I didn't say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've got a lot of stuff to get to on the show today. Uh, I just returned from the coast. So like I said, I'm doing a little bit of catching up with with all you guys out there, some of the free agency stuff that I've missed. Uh, for example, I did not know that the Magic are going to re-sign Nikola Vucevic. Very smart. So uh, that is a quite interesting bit of news. So we'll get to all of the various signings that are reported. Now, 3 o'clock Pacific time is when free agency technically opens up today. So we will not know officials and we will not see any blazer moves. I, I assume at, uh, while we're on the air. So uh, we'll be able to tease what we think they might do and kind of give a little bit of a, a preview to what they might do. But Neil O'Shea Warren, you're not going to see any fireworks. So don't expect anything major from the blazers yeah, today, but Neil you, might find be lying, something, you might find something you don't expect today. For the Neil O'Shea be lying too. So he could just be saying that just in case. Uh, yeah, Just don't get your hopes up. Okay. Blazer fans. We'll get to that. We'll get to the NBA free agency. I want to talk about this baseball in London that we've been uh, seeing the last couple of days. Yankees, Red Sox, two game series out at Olympic Stadium, which is where West Ham plays in London and where the Olympics were, obviously, uh, back when London last had them. It's been very interesting. It was a lot of runs yesterday. Today, a much more normal game at this point. We're in the fifth inning for two Red Sox. But it's been kind of interesting to see the broadcast and see all the fan reactions and stuff. And I'm curious what you guys think about how MLB has taken their first foray into bringing the sport to England and Europe. So we'll talk about that on the show as well. Hater to love it, of course, is going to come up at 1030. Texas, the better you today. Text on to 55305 throughout the show. And then on social media, I'm at Mike Lynch 27 on Twitter. Pat or, uh, Rashad is at TaylorMade503. And Jesse is at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. 
Um, I did want to say, though, quickly before we move into our hot sports. So we went to the coast this weekend, and for the first time, we were only there for, for a little bit. I went to Pacific City mm-hmm. and did the dune. Really? Climbed the dune. So I've heard everyone talks about the dunes, right? If you go to Pacific City, you go to the Pelican that's right there, right in front of the water, and then you go climb the dunes. That's what everyone always says. It was a beautiful day when we got there. We went to Pelican, had ourselves a lunch. I had never seen the dunes before. I had never seen pictures from the top of the dunes that I knew of before. And we were looking out towards them. And from where we were sitting in the restaurant, you could only see part of it. And I was like, oh, cool. We can go climb that. We then walked towards the dune and went, oh, bleep. That's the dune. Takes about 45 minutes to climb. It was a 45-minute climb. Every single step, you lose a step because you're in sand. sand. Not cool. Have you done it before? No, I haven't. And I'll be honest, if it's a 45-minute climb and I'm going backwards with every step, then probably don't want to do it. But I assume it's it's a a beautiful Trust me, it was painful. It was really difficult. And you would stop, you know, every once in a while you'd stop and turn around and look and take take a breather. Getting to the top was one of the most spectacular moments that I can remember recently because of just how exhausted I was but just how beautiful it was because you think you're just going to look back the way you came. Oh, no, 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 my friend. It is a dune that is basically a little mini mountain, and on either side you can see for miles. Mm. And it was amazing, absolutely amazing. Now, if you're afraid of heights, I would definitely not suggest doing it because on the way down, you are going down a steep hill. So if you do not like heights, I would not suggest doing it. But beyond that, if you can deal with the pain, it is worth it at the very end. Yeah, see, that's my thing. I'm I'm – afraid of heights low-key but uh more so afraid of like really missing a step and tumbling all the way down that's the, the fun part yeah that doesn't seem no, like, no you get like to the fun. top and then you take a piece of cardboard with you unroll the cardboard and you know right down Did yeah you, it, do you have you slid down those dunes before oh yeah oh yeah wow. no I've, I've seen people go up with snowboards and they're very steep and they there's are. these little rock ledges near the top so i would wonder like that causes some air too <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty good time. I, I've I've done the dunes three or four times, and every time it the the way down was always the way to go was the tumble. You get a little sandy and everything. You need a shower afterwards, but of course, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, I'm too big to tumble. Something I went, tells I, me. I, I don't I think I'd do it now because but. I wanted to enjoy it. But every time you you step on the way down, the sand envelops you up to your shins, so you're not really fall. It's really hard to fall because you're so sucked into the sand. I guess you could tumble forward and then roll for two feet and then catch yourself because well you're in sand and it's not that hard but I, if anyone has not done that and they have just haven't been to the pacific city because there's a lot of coast towns you can go to or you just haven't wanted to do it because it looks tough it's worth it once you get to the top well, i remember that feeling it. of getting to the top and going oh my god and then we stood up there for about a half hour and then we went back down that's tight man yeah i'll i'll definitely Get out there and, and take a look at them. See how far I'll make it up, but I don't know if I'll be. I'll show you. I have some videos and pictures. It it is incredibly steep. You begin the climb and you're like, ah, oh, I mean, it's a hill, right? We, we've all climbed hills before, and then you realize, oh no, <laughs> what have I gotten mm. myself into? Falling down a steep commit, hill, like once you commit, you you're committed. I get it, but falling down a steep hill that just doesn't that doesn't not, sound. Trust me, you're not super falling. fun. If you can slide a snowboard down it, you're not falling down the. Yeah, no, no, it, it, I mean, you don't have to, the, the kids like to do that. That's because I haven't done this since I was a kid. I've been to Pacific city and, uh, I mean, last time I went was actually back in February and I was like, oh, the dunes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not this time. 
Like, because you're right, it's a lot of work, and they look big when you're looking at them. When you get to the top, they're bigger. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like twice as big. Once you start climbing and you get to the top, you're like, oh no, this was way more than I expected. Exactly. So it was a lot of fun. I, I suggest that you all, if you have not done it, do it because it is a cool experience do to it. to have. Do it. Do it. Do it. Uh, let's start. Do you want to start free agency or do you want to start with the London series considering the game is on right meow? We can start with uh, with baseball. Okay. Yankees, Red Sox in London. Two game series. We were in the middle of the second game at Zimomont, and Rashad says this is the best a sport has done in their first foray into Europe or England that he has seen. Let's discuss next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine seventeen here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Jesse with you until 11 o'clock. We'll get to NBA free agency here in a segment or two. What the Blazers might do. What the big stories are of the day that we've already seen reported. And uh, we'll do hate it or love it next hour as well. But wanted to start with the thing that is happening currently. We are live in London. Well, right now we're watching a Carl's Jr. commercial. But we are live in London. And Yankees Red Sox are playing a two-game set. Yesterday, Yankees win 17-13. to 13. Not, not, not misspeaking there. It was a football score yesterday. Today, Red Sox are up 4-2 in the sixth inning. So much more usual stuff going on. But... This is the first time there's been MLB games in Europe. And first, that, that did surprise me a little bit. I'm surprised that it's taken this long for them to play a game out there. But second, from what I've seen and from some of the stuff I've seen from fans who are there talking in interviews and stuff when they were on camera, they are it, – it's kind of a thing. It's kind of a big deal that it's there. And I, I'm, I'm a little curious because – Football, when it goes there, always kind of seems like a spectacle, right? Because it's a sport and it's an event. But I never really feel like the people there truly care. And maybe that's wrong, but it's just how it feels watching the game. In these two games, it feels like they care that these teams are there. There's a ton of Yankee Red Sox memorabilia in the stands. I'm not sure if they're actually fans or just wearing them because they own them. But it, the, the the atmosphere is really cool. It, it just seems like baseball did it right. I... I absolutely love this. You know, I, I kind of saw the game, and honestly, I didn't pay attention to, to the schedule, so I don't know when there was a London game or who was playing in it. But just slipping through the channels, and I see the well, Yankees-Red Sox, I'm like, okay, I'll watch this for a little bit, and then see it's in London. It's like, that's cool. You know, the NFL sends Raiders, terrible Raiders, and Jacksonville to London. Those are the teams they like to, you know, send out there. Let's have a Bills uh Jets game, you know, and let's put it in London. It, like it's again, it's a spectacle. It's like a concert that never comes to your to your town. You know, if you just say you live in a town that's never ever had music, and then all of a sudden, I don't know who's terrible. You know, Chumbawamba comes to your town, and it's like awesome. That's Jets Bills. Can't wait to go watch Tub Thumping a hundred times. Exactly. You know, they just basically said, okay, here's uh, Hall and Oates is going to be in your town and everything. So that's. At least people are excited about it. And I just saw uh, like a clip of a guy 
it has a Red Sox hat, but on the other side is a Yankees hat. So oh, yeah, he turned he's it kind back of and like forth. Flipped, he flipped it around, and, yeah. you know, it's weird. You know, and here in the States, that's blasphemous. But, you know, they've never experienced, you know, Major League Baseball before. And so you, they sent the two most iconic teams that Major League Baseball has to be on that stage. You know, the NBA, when they go to China and stuff, or when they used to, they were smart about sending Yao. Like, we're going to send you the Houston Rockets and Tracy McGrady, your two, you know, probably the two biggest icons, you know, in uh, China. And and it's even cooler, man, we'll play your Chinese national team and stuff like that. That's the one thing the NBA does that's, that I think is pretty cool. They'll play a team from China or from, you know, somewhere in Europe because, you know, their team is trying to get a scrimmage. But that's that's an awesome thing to do. Football is the only one that's like, man, just take our product. They'll like it anyway. I mean, it doesn't matter what they, you know, what, what teams they give them. It's football in Europe. They're going to appreciate it. So, man, hats off to Major League Baseball for making that, you know, that choice because they could have really given them any one of those teams, any, any team, you Anybody. know, a middle-of-the-road team, one of the terrible teams. They decided to give you uh, the two biggest franchises that have ever played, you know, baseball. So I think well, that's super, super cool. Dodgers would have been Dodgers, good. Dodgers, you know, Dodgers would have been good. But as far as his name, I think people see, I mean, at least now, you know, I think a lot of people would recognize the Red Sox before the Dodgers at least in Europe you're probably right and also it's the best rivalry in baseball which kind of adds a little yeah. to it too I think that's a great point the the NFL just gives the product they've had some good games there they've had decent matchups there over the times but the first time it was there it was the Jaguars and the Jaguars sucked and then it was like, oh, the Jaguars agree to play a game in London every year. And you're like, oh, my God, stop giving. <laughs> Why is Jacksonville England going? The worst, the worst team. But it's also like they're the only team because they don't have a ton of fans that would be willing to do that. Whereas baseball did this in a way that I think, although it's Red Sox home games, so I'm sure Boston's not happy to lose two home games, right? Uh, but they gave both teams two days off. Thursday and Friday they were off because you're traveling – to England, you're not just making a cross country flight. You're not just going, you know, three hours away. You're going to England. No, that's a that's a that's a thirteen hour flight from big time Boston. change. Yeah, it's not that long, but it's a long flight. How long? Like maybe eight. I think eight, it's nine? eight hours. Yeah. Um. But so you're doing that, and then after today's game, they have another day off tomorrow to return, and they both play on Tuesday. But beyond that, they're also doing clinics out there. They're bringing a bunch of coaches from both teams and advisors, and they're doing clinics for the people in England to teach about baseball and help them learn. Because, um, again, I think what you see a lot is cricket is really popular. And there's similarities between cricket and between baseball, but they're also obviously very, very different. So I think the clinics are important just to help them teach the game. Uh, I think both broadcasts yesterday on Fox and today on ESPN are being broadcasted on BBC or BT Sport or whatever the channels are out there that are running this. I heard a lot. Joe Buck and John Smoltz yesterday on the broadcast were constantly talking as if they were speaking to the fans in England, saying this is this is why this is happening. Or there were so many runs. They're like, trust us, this is not exactly how baseball is all the time. You know, this is, you know they were doing little ex explanations that were helping the fans out there too. It just seemed like they did it right. Everything they've done is is right. And you just mentioned another thing. They they bought in Joe Buck. You know, they didn't bring in just some, you know, low-level guys trying to, you know, make his way out there. Today. You know, so you got guys that, that are recognizable names and people that are the best of, at what they do. I just think the NFL is just kind of, man, just just give them whatever. They'll be fine. And at least basketball, you know, again, it's such a global sport for the NBA. 
that I think, man, no matter where they go, they're going to have a crowd, you know, at that point. So it doesn't really matter who they bring in, but at least they've been smart enough to, you know, bring in uh, LeBron and bring in, you know, Tracy McGrady. I'm, t- I'm talking about when, when Yao Ming and they were really doing those games and they were televised and everybody saw them. You know, I think they, they did a great job of sending the great teams. This is the first time I've, I've seen any one of the major associations get it right. And so, uh, like I said, man, hats off to, to baseball because they could have just gave it could have it could have been easily Oakland A's and Padres. You know, that could have that could have been the series and people I've still I'm sure they still would have had a, a pretty nice crowd, a nice turnout. I'm for sure it. I'm sure the crowd would have still been yeah, sold out because it been a nice crowd. Like I said, it, it's kind of a spectacle. But I think it also helps that yesterday there were thirty runs scored. I mean that's oh, not yeah. that's not typical baseball, but can you imagine you go to that game and you see an offensive output where both teams score six runs in the first inning? That's awesome. And it's just it's excitement. Whereas I and I also think it's cool that you're getting this a regular baseball. It's four two in the sixth. You're getting you're getting the best of both worlds. Now seventeen thirteen is almost almost never happens in baseball. Like but it's super rare. But how much cooler for them that they got to see a seventeen thirteen game, which almost like you said almost never happens. It happens one one every every couple of years maybe. You know I'm saying maybe, maybe once, once a year, year you'll get a crazy yeah. game like that. Um, but I also I, going into it today's game, the Red Sox scored four runs again in the first inning and you're going, Oh, here we go again. It's going to happen again. And part of me was going, is that a bad thing that you're trying to teach baseball to these people and they're seeing all these runs. And then if they watch American baseball, they're going to see some two nothing games and you know, four or three and go, wait a minute, where's all the offense. I was, I love all these home runs. It also helps that the stadium is pretty small. Uh, center field is three eighty five, yeah, which would be the shortest center field in baseball by far. So uh, it's, where exactly are they playing? They're playing at Olympic Stadium in London, okay, uh, which is where West Ham United, the soccer team in the Premier League, plays their games and was built for the Olympics, hence the name Olympic Stadium. Uh, there's a ton of foul territory, a ton, like double the size that Oakland has. You think Oakland has a lot of foul territory? The first baseman on the Red Sox has had four plays in first base foul territory that he's missed because he's just sprinting without a wall coming up at all. Oh, yeah. It, it looks... would have been e- easily foul balls, and they're all catchable here because of that. It's also really hot there. It's in the 90s, apparently, so that might be adding to some of the offense. It gets really – it can when be – the ball, When it gets hot, the ball goes further. And it can get super hot in London. And also kind of like really – it's almost kind of like, for me at least, I remember kind of like Florida. It was really hot, really muggy a lot, a lot of the time. Really, it was really, it was weird when I was there. Like, I'm not sure if that was a one-time thing, but it was really like. I think generally they're more you. like our weather. They're rainy, they're cloudy, they're cool. And then it rained, and lightning struck our hotel. Wow. Yeah, and that's then I, cool. I found out that it was like one of the most uh, haunted places in the world. Ooh. Yeah, the, the I believe it's called the Thistle Hotel. Why did you stay there? Uh, I was there with my choir, and when I was uh, in high school or just graduated high school. Uh, we were there for like three weeks, so I went to London, Scotland, and uh, saw William Wallace's grave, which was you know pretty cool. Braveheart, that was that was pretty tight, yeah. But um, I just remember like London was a cool city. It reminds me a lot of New York as far as you know the all the architecture and, and things like that. But um, yeah, the weather was weird. Like it go from super hot to pouring rain and lightning. So. It was, it was I'm assuming you were there in the summer. Maybe it's just weird. it was it was the almost like the beginning of summer, like mm. still June and some years ago. The the last question before we go to break here is: Do you think that? And this, I'm I'm sure this would be a big fight, but we've heard rumblings of this. Do you think any sport, American sport, if they put a team's home base in London, would work? Mm. We've heard it from the NFL. 
We've heard it from other sports that they want to expand outside of the U.S. with London being an option. Do you think it would work? I mean, the travel would be horrendous, but is, is that a, is that a possibility? No. I mean, logistically, no. Like, you're thinking about West Coast teams that have to make the, the trek to London, and a lot of times that means transferring flights and, you know, getting off in Chicago, and then, you know, that's – that can be a, a whole lot for teams as far as travel and stuff. You'd have to give teams like literally like three, four, five days off, you know, just to make sure that they can make the trip out there. And then uh, once you get out there, it's an eight-hour time difference. So you have to be able to account for that Depends as well. five so, hours from the East Coast. Five, yeah, yeah, five hours for East Coast. But Depends if you're a West Coast team, you know, that's an additional three. If you're, you know, again, Oakland or, or something else, that's a <laughs> – Seattle that's that's a that's yeah. a whole lot of time to, to spend traveling so I think it would be a good idea to explore maybe creating leagues you know a, a European league that's for major league baseball I, I could see something like that you know I could see something like that for the NBA as well you know I think teams keep trying to expand and do more maybe the NFL can just put its team put its arms around NFL Europe or you know around a, a European football and let's see if we can make this product a little bit better and be able to get money from you I just think as far as the travel, number one, is going to be an issue, then after the travel, the time difference is going to be a huge issue. It's different from going from – if you're a trailblazer, you play in Portland, and you play in New York, you have to deal with three hours. Man, in some cases, you're talking eight-hour difference. That could be a, that could be a big deal. I, I see how it could work for the NFL specifically because it's such a short season in contrast to the NBA or especially – the Major League Baseball, I mean, that that just – I don't see how that could feasibly work on an entirely separate continent across the ocean. However, football, especially considering football is trying to find a way to add, expand games to it, I could see – because they do a good job of getting these team bye weeks, um, I believe, coming back from those games. I, can't, I believe that you get your bye week after the London, London game. So if you expanded it the way that they talk about and then you add in an, a second bye week, the logistics actually start to make sense to where you could have teams come over to London, play their games, have their bye week. I think the thing that would make it a little different for them is the home and away schedule for that London team would be a little bit different because I think they would try to do chunks of you're going to be at home for a month and you're going to be away for a month and then you're going to be at home for a month. It'd be something like that. Just but to mitigate their uh, travel. Exactly. Yeah. But the only way it really it, it, it mitigates the travel for the rest of the league as well that way. And, and I think that's the only way it really works, it, especially because you, you also have the fact that the, they have their pseudo team right now in Jacksonville. And Jacksonville's already kind of expressed that we wouldn't mind playing half our team, half our games in Jacksonville and half in London, in which case that makes even more sense. Because, sure, they're only getting four of Jacksonville's games. But or at, I guess at that point they're expanding by two games or whatever the season they're getting rid of two preseason games they get five games over in London it starts to make a little bit more sense now London has their own team I think the NFL would have to really do some major adjustments because I think they'd either have to add an additional bye week yeah. or go about taking away some games namely that Thursday night game you know I think the NFL would probably have to do away with that Thursday night game already that's a shorter week that's you know that's travel that's all type of stuff. But I think they'd have actually, to really figure that out. The short, the the Thursday night game actually kind of works into the scheduling because you go, okay, we're going to do a Thursday night game before you go to to London, so you get an extra three days rest, and then you come back, you're going to get a bye week. So that that's how those actually work and that make the work. logistics work. work. And then, like I said, if you let's say if you if you start let's say Jacksonville 
first four games in uh, that they started their season at home in Jacksonville, and then the last four are in London. Now you can work those bye weeks in because they they like or you know or t- the first two are in Jacksonville, and then the last three are in Jacksonville, and the middle are in London, and that's how you make the logistics work with the bye weeks. So I mean, it it can be done, but only with the the NFL because it's such a short season in contrast to the others. I, I would say also because you have a week off between games, which helps. It, you're right. The travel for baseball. I mean, you're playing every day. You might have a day off here and there. That would be killer on already long season. NBA and NHL, you know, you've got back-to-backs. You do have gaps where you could conceivably get used to the time zone and not have jet lag while you're playing those games. But the quality of play would go down if you were going there in more rapid-fire seasons. But with the NFL, that would be the only place it would work, I think. But it could work. I think it could work, and it could be interesting to help grow the sport there as well. But, yeah, so Yankees-Red Sox in London, two-game series. And it has been very interesting and entertaining, which is probably the best thing baseball would have wanted at this point. Let's move on to the NBA. We'll get to the Blazers at the top of the 10 o'clock hour, but we will get into the moves that we have seen reported when free agency opens up today at three in the afternoon. We'll get to those next, but first, Jesse. Yes. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Let's get into some NBA free agency as it will begin today at 3 o'clock Pacific time. Very much enjoy the fact that they're not starting it at midnight. Imagine all the reporters glee as they are no longer going to have to stay up that late to do it. Uh, All the signings will begin 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. They'll have time to have a night's sleep tonight if, they, if they're if they not Woj. <laughs> yeah, right. He's yeah. going to be the only person up. Everybody else is going to be kind of. They'll be uh, done at like midnight. They'll be like, okay, we'll catch up tomorrow. Like, what do you do after you just signed a multi-million dollar deal? Like, I mean, hmm. honestly, I'm I'm probably to the nearest club. Immediately? Strippers, maybe, yes or no. Maybe, maybe not, probably. But I'm definitely going to some type of club. Well, if. If it was me, I'd go hire like a financial advisor, but these guys already have those. So I don't know what I would do right away. I think personally, if it was me, I would just go have a really nice dinner somewhere. Go to a place that was really expensive and really highly rated. And, you know, you would just be like, oh, okay, let's go get that $100 steak tonight or whatever the case is. That's what, probably what I would do right away. Okay. Club, eh, I don't really need to go there for that. Going where the shorties are. <laughs> Well, I'm also imagining that I'm still married, so. Yes. Dinner. Nice dinner. Wife, you can come where the shorties are, too. Make it rain. I'm I'm sure that'll work, yeah. I'm sure she'd like it. She'd be into it. Yeah, okay. Um, But we did have some stuff reported yesterday, which is kind of funny. You're like, ah, free agency doesn't start until 3 o'clock on Sunday. And then on Friday, you're getting reports of guys already pre-signing deals. And you're like, oh, well, so much for free agency. You, You would always see rumblings, but you never fully knew until about a day or so before, and it seemed to happen earlier this year. So let's begin with Kemba Walker, who is reportedly going to sign a four-year, $141 million max deal with the Boston Celtics. A little bit sad for Charlotte fans because Kemba held the carrot out there a little bit for them, saying that he'd be interested in coming back and that he'd take less than the max to stay if they built a team around him. 
And of course, that was a lie. And he's going to Boston. Now, what is interesting about this to me is Boston, with Kemba Walker, in my opinion, is still going to be the three or four seed in the East. I'm not sure this move makes them that much better. Kemba's a great player. He's less of a headache than Kyrie Irving for sure. But the Celtics need the rest of the team to kind of round into shape. They've built a really good young team. They've had so many draft picks, but they haven't really been able to pull any of those crazy trades they've been trying to get. I feel like Kemba's going to need another guy to push Boston over the top. Of course, that could still happen, but I just don't know if this is – it's not a lateral move. It's a good, smart signing, especially for him because he's getting into a bigger market, but I'm not sure this makes the Celtics that much better. See, I, this is I, – I tend to disagree. Um, the one thing that Kemba – has been over his uh, seven years in Charlotte is uh, he's been a leader. And that's the one thing that Kyrie really lacks. We we all know Kyrie has every skill that you could want a basketball player to have. He is He's a, a phenomenal ball handler. He is a phenomenal shooter. I don't know if anybody scores easier once they get to the paint or is a more creative score with how they get the ball in the basket. Like Kyrie Irving is – He's 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 one of the guys like he's one of the top seven, eight guys, you know, in this league. And there's no there's making no mistake about that. The thing about Kimba, though, is he's somebody that you want to play with, you know, and he's somebody that's at least got his team uh, to the playoffs in that same East that Kyrie could never, you know, kind of bust through. Now, mind you, it was towards the beginning of Kyrie's career and you couldn't really make that happen. But if you can if you can't really deal with being the only guy that to really score alongside LeBron in a winning situation. And then you get to Boston, and which is the ultimate team. Really, everybody in Boston plays for each other. They play together, which is why they made that big playoff run two years ago because they all knew, you know, that they could win together. And then Kyrie comes in, and he completely messes up all of that rhythm. Jason Tatum goes from, man, this guy looks like he could be the next Kobe to where's Jason Tatum? Like, we're thinking about, tra- thinking about trading him, and his name is in all the trade talks because the Celtics can't seem to get it together. Remember uh, Rozier, Terry Rozier? Yeah, Remember how effective he, he's he was? He's likely gone, right? Likely he's he's probably going to be gone. You he's know? been talking like he was leaving this whole offseason. So, I mean, you, ha- you had guys that Kyrie really stunted the growth of. Jalen Brown, another guy that was on his way to being a, a legit, maybe third part of, of a great team, all of a sudden just kind of went down the drain because Kyrie just kind of – he he became LeBron. And are, we, he became, are we blaming Kyrie for this? I'm not. I'm, I have to blame him somewhat. You know, this is the same guy that threw teammates under the bus. This is the same guy that you know. It was really kind of arrogant about how he went about this whole ordeal in Boston last week. He called a Boston radio station and basically, you know, it's like oh, they never really embraced him and they never really embraced the 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 what the, what he could bring to the team and like you spoke in cold like it wasn't. He did you. that unprovoked too, which I thought was kind of yeah, funny. which is super strange, man. So. Like, the same guy that said the earth was flat, you know, it's like, man, <laughs> at a point, man, I think leadership is a, a big deal. And it's one of the more underrated things that we look at for, for, for star players. You know, of course you're a great guy. Like LeBron isn't weird. We talked about this last week, five years ago, man, LeBron was the ultimate teammate. Everybody wants to play with LeBron. When Kobe was in the league, everybody's like, man, I want to play with Kobe. I would go to LeBron. Now guys are running away from playing with LeBron, except for guys that are his friends and share an agent and all type of things. But outside of that, man, but people are like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to play with LeBron. Kyrie has gotten to that point to where 
yeah, I'm cool. I don't really want to play. Who wants to play with Kyrie? Kevin Durant. Of course. The, the right. probably other weirdest guy in the league as far as how he relates to fans and how he relates to media and, you know, just the way he carries himself. So I think Kimball Walker is a huge upgrade. Or not a huge upgrade, but as far as leadership, I think he's going to be a huge upgrade. You're not losing a lot from from him uh, as, as far as far as the scoring and and steals and all those things. Like, it's almost kind of he averaged 25 points this year, six assists. That was right around what Kyrie did. So you're not losing a whole lot. And Kimba is somebody who's continued – to get better and better and better throughout his career. So basically you think that because they're, it's the same player skill-wise, essentially, different players, but you know what I mean, but they're losing the headache, the Celtics will be way better Absolutely, absolutely. And that the rest of the guys who kind of had down years are going to rebound back into form and Brad Stevens might have a little bit more control of the locker room again. I think one of, the, one of the worst things you can be as a teammate is passive-aggressive. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, let's let's have a conversation. Let's address it. Say what you have to say, whatever the case is. Kyrie is a very passive-aggressive dude. And for a lot of young guys on this team who weren't used to that, even a Brad Stevens, who's been nothing but a great coach. And in one year, you're looking at Brad Stevens going, eh, this, this, this is kind of your fault. And in some ways it is. But I think Kyrie deserves a, a lot of additional blame. Mind you, same dude that this time last year, or right around sometime this time last year, was saying, I'm going to resign with Boston. I'm going to be here. And then with, and then he came out and said, All right, well, I never really said I was resigning. Yeah, you did. And now you've, you know, you've opted out and went and signed with somebody else. So that's Kyrie Irving for you. And he's given you more chalkboard material in this year than Kemba's given you his entire career. Now the and other he played too, for Michael Jordan. That's true. The other thing, too, is... In the East, it all depends what happens with the other big stars, right? And we'll get to Kyrie in the next segment. But if a lot of the big stars leave the East or choose the West, then maybe that helps the Celtics even more bounce themselves up so there's not as much resistance there. Kyrie Irving is leaving Boston. He's not leaving the East. We'll tell you where he's going to go reportedly next. And some of the other signings on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.50 here on your Sunday morning. Might have just uh, discovered a topic. Not sure if we'll get to it today, but uh, best Madden players ever. Not literally the players, but the in the game, the football players, their Madden form, who was the best ever? Easy answer is Mike Vick. Easy answer. But beyond Mike Vick, who else? So maybe we'll get to that later this show or next week. Who knows? But uh, we got we got some summertime shows coming up where we'll have a little bit less to talk about. So we'll be able to throw that in there. But we're wrapping into some NBA free agency here. Talked about Kemba Walker and the Celtics and a little Kyrie Irving last segment, but we did not say where Kyrie was going. Reportedly, he will be signing a four-year $141 million deal, same as Kemba, to the Brooklyn Nets, which is not surprising. We've heard him talk about New York for a long time in terms of release. We've heard reports of him wanting to go to New York, Knicks or Nets. And, you know, he's trying to pair up with another superstar and go there. Uh, but I don't think that's a bad move for him. If he wants to go to the big city, I would have gone to Brooklyn over the Knicks because they're less of a laughingstock than the Knicks are. And it, it, it seems as if they kind of have learned how to build a team for the Nets. Made the playoffs this year. Now they're going to lose D'Angelo Russell because of this. They're going to let him become a free agent because they're not going to be able to afford both. 
and he plays the same position too. But it it's just the smart choice. If he's leaving Boston and wants to go to New York, it's the smart choice for Kyrie Irving to go to Brooklyn. Uh, I I guess you don't believe so. No, <laughs> I mean I, I thought I thought Knicks? the I thought the the Nets were a very good story this year. You know they they were a team that. I don't think anybody really expected to be in the mix as far as um, the playoffs. And you had some guys that in some ways kind of overperformed what they thought, man, uh, Karis LeVert, like who knew that he was as good, you know, as he was. Uh, Rondé House Jefferson finally showed that he could play. He's gone, though. But Yeah, well, he was gone. But at the point when they were making their playoff run, he showed that he could finally play basketball after a little bit. Uh, Jared Allen and his fro. Like there's certain things to like about the Nets, but that's it. Like, all the – Kyrie wanted to go back to you Cleveland, like it sounds Ed like. Davis? Come on now. I mean, Ed Davis is, you know, he's a, he's, a, he's a Portland legend. He's a trailblazer, you know, all-timer. But this is not a good team. Like, let's just be real. You just basically went back to Cleveland. You, you, you decided to, to run it back. Like, you don't have anybody on this team that's really comparable to you. Now, you're hoping – Kevin Durant decides that he wants to go to Brooklyn. But or even, somebody else. Or somebody else. But even still, KD is going to be a, a, a year project, possibly even more as he gets ready to get back on the court. So you don't know exactly what's going to happen from there. Who wants to play with Kyrie at this point? Like, that's a name. We've heard players say, man, I want to play with Anthony Davis. I want to play with, you know, guys are KD and, and Kawhi are having conversations. Like, outside of KD, who, who have we heard linked to Kyrie Irving as far as wanting to play with Kyrie Irving? If you can't, that's, that's the only one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, honestly, yeah. like, I mean, all these other guys, Jimmy Butler has, you know, he's talking to Houston, and he could, he's been talking to James Harden. We'll see about him going there. But also, he's been talking to D Wade, and D Wade might come out of retirement to come and play with Jimmy Butler for one year. It's like, who who's Kyrie tied to except for Kevin Durant, which we've been talking about since February. And so I don't know if he's going to get. And now KD's you know, tied to like four and, different. And players. now KD's talking to everybody at this point. So. If you're Kyrie, I, I, I mean, go get your money. I get it, I guess. But you this doesn't make you a better City, team. Which, which helps you, I guess. You, you left a winning situation in Cleveland where you were in the finals every single year to go to a on their way to a winning situation in Boston and got there and they almost made the finals. They were, they were a quarter away from making the finals without you. And then you got to that team and you completely ruined the chemistry there, pretty much blew it up. And now you're going to go to – because you want to win, you're going to go to the Nets and not have D'Angelo Russell, who would have been your second-best player. But now they've got to work out some sign-and-trade with him. Like, I I, I you know, I, I don't really understand what Kyrie is thinking or what his agent is thinking or his publicist, but they need to get together and have a meeting because they're all over the place. And right now this, this Nets team – I don't. It doesn't make sense to me. There. I mean, really, where are the Nets now? Just let's let's say nobody else comes to play with Kyrie. They're a playoff team. They're they're at best. You you left a team that could be an NBA championship team or a finals team to go to a team that's really going to struggle to make the playoffs. It, like, like I said, though, it is tough because you don't know who's staying in the East and who's moving to the East and all that kind of stuff. Um, other rumors out there are that KD and Kawhi are talking about playing together. Of course, we've heard that with KD and Kyrie and KD and Klay Thompson as well. Uh, Kyrie's meeting with the Lakers. He's meeting with the Clippers. So there's a bunch of bunch of open doors still yet to be shut that we don't really know what's going to happen. Uh, some other brief things quickly. Just Clay Thompson is going to re-sign with the Warriors. 
max contract, five years, 190 mil. He's going to be out for most of this coming season, but ACL tear is easier to come back from than Achilles ruptures. So he'll be back at some point late in the season. Chris Stapps, like expected, signing his max deal with the Mavericks, five for 158. Vucevic or Vucevic, however you say it, is staying with the Magic, surprisingly, I think. Four years, 100 mil, although most people are saying it's kind of ludicrous to give a big guy that kind of a contract at this point, but he's all they have. So he's signing with, or staying with the Magic. And then Harrison Barnes going to the Kings, four years, 88 mil. That's the report. Blazers, that would have been a great fit for the Blazers. I know they don't have the money to afford him at the moment, but that would have been the perfect fit for me. Those are the other ones we know that are happening. We don't know where Al Horford's going. Saw a report that the Kings are going to offer him a massive amount of money as well when free agency opens. I know I saw Nikola Meritich might be going back to play in Spain. He might be leaving the NBA. No, yeah, I saw that as well. But, you know, uh, but yeah, so that that's all the stuff caught up before we find out officially live what happens and, in 3 and, and, we're, and we're still waiting for the one domino to fall. And we haven't really talked a lot about it and we probably should have, and it's Kawhi Leonard. You know, I think he's the guy, like, if he teams up with KD, it's like an OF type situation. Like, really? For the next five years, you have to deal with KD and Kyrie? Like Kawhi, that? You mean? Oh, excuse me, KD and Kawhi? Like that? Yo, that that's scary. You know, and then you think about Kawhi possibly signing with the Lakers. Like, you know, just to maybe just to go home and take some pressure off of him, him signs the Lakers, like, <laughs> There's a lot and of situations Kawhi, out there. AD and LeBron How unbearable are Laker fans going to be if they get Kawhi? Uh, like, just as honestly, unbearable as they always are. No, are. honestly, like we're we're not going to hear the end of it for six, seven years. The fact that they got Kawhi and LeBron and Anthony Davis, like that, that could be, you know, potentially damning for the rest of the league and for our enjoyment for the next few years. That Kawhi personality in Los Angeles just doesn't seem to mix does ad's like we don't know i mean anthony davis isn't a no an overly you know like energetic guy you know he's i mean i've seen interviews anthony davis seems like a great guy you know a great kid but in la it's it's lights camera action you know they i think we always talk about the new york media and how ruthless they are and everything but bill plaschke is an la reporter you know an la writer like he's one of those guys that he's can be just he's just as ruthless as and there's a lot of those in L.A., the minute you're not winning, they're booing you. Kobe's better. This is L.A. chanting this at LeBron when he's on the free throw line. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is they're they're cut. They're just as cutthroat as New York. So we'll see how these guys are able to fare. But if Ka- if Kawhi signs with one of those guys, like, I don't think it'll be a KD situation where we're looking at Kate looking at Kevin Durant like Buster. Why? Kawhi's won twice on two different coasts. Yeah, I'm no. good. You know, it- like I mean. So you're looking at him more at that point like, oh, damn, that sucks. Like, he, do, he does this only to make the game easier for himself. No, the, this is the the way of the NBA. I think the only thing that's really kind of interesting about these situations is, okay, L.A., you got an aging LeBron, doesn't typically do well with big men. You're gonna If you bring in a Kawhi, all of a sudden AD is the third guy on this team. What happens to the third guy on the team under – when LeBron's there, they typically, I wouldn't say a shell of themselves, but they're not as good as they used to be. You don't have the supporting cast. I, I think the personalities there don't mesh. Same thing when you when you look over at the Nets and you think, oh, KD and, and Irving together. Uh, be, between the fact that you have a crappy team around you, you have the New York media around you, and then you have those personalities in that market, I, it's it's almost like reality TV at its best. I, don't, I wouldn't anticipate the Nets to actually be uber successful. I, I would imagine they'd be a playoff team, but I wouldn't 
expect them to be great because of what's around them and the personalities that are there. L.A. That's that's a, that's an interesting story. Kawhi gets there, but I. I think what makes that really interesting and almost kind of reality showish too is is the aging LeBron aspect and how how that works with two other All Stars that are in their prime. So there is the news that we know. Uh, Derek Rose also reportedly two year deal to the Pistons, the Pistons might be happening yes. as he continues to try to I don't know about revitalize or resurrect, but he's found a new spot for his career which is nowhere near old, amazing Derrick Rose, but it is still effective. And every once in a while, he can turn back the clock. If you remember that big game he had for the T-Wolves this year. 50 points. 50-pointer. Uh, coming up next, we'll get into the Blazers and what we think they will do, what we expect to see them do, who might be options for them, what they might have money-wise. There's a whole lot of questions, and I'm not sure the Blazers are going to be able to do a ton, but we will try to dive in that, into that next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.